Let's do this. All right, let's begin. This is a special bonus episode of Gravity Beard. I'll explain what we're doing in just a moment. But first, an introduction. I'm joined today by a very special guest. Members of the Gravity Beard interns and regular listeners are more than familiar with him. He frequently provides quality material for the show. That has earned him multiple titles and responsibilities, such as GBI librarian and HR liaison, among others. His hard work has also resulted in his elevation to the position of more seasoned intern. Unofficially, I've named him the MVP of the GBI. He's also working on a Joe DiMaggio-like streak of being in the number one position on the GBI top contributors list. On multiple occasions, he's filled in as co-hosts in Adam's absence. In addition to all of that, he's also the co-host of his own show, the creative and funny improvisational movie podcast, The Pop-Up Filmcast, with Derek Glasscock. Please join me in welcoming my good friend, Keith Gala. This is Keith Gala. This is how I talk. And uh, thank you. That was very nice and uh, actually very sincere feeling. It was very sincere. Every bit of that was sincere. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, The only thing I would, uh, I I don't think I achieved uh, librarian status or HR liaison. I think I just made those up. So (laughs) You just took them? Which is, well, it's kind of what happens with every intern position. I think everyone just kind of made one up as we went. Well, I think we've got a very ambitious group. And so people kind of find their lane, give themselves a title, and just keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, well, keep on trucking. That's kind of a good good theme to go with the, your bonus episode. Yeah, that's a good transition. So uh, I asked you on the show today to discuss an event that recently concluded in the Gravity Beard Interns Facebook group. Uh, it was your idea. You organized and executed it, so share with us the full name of the event. Okay, so um, the full name of the event is the Burt Reynolds Memorial Gravity Beard Run. And at first I was going to call it Gravity Beard Run, and I was like, hmm. I mean, I know what the Cannonball Run is. Does everyone know what the Cannonball Run is? If I I put Burt Reynolds, I think people put two and two together and they figure out what what I'm talking about. Um, plus he just yeah. died last year. So it kind of seemed like a fitting thing to make it like a memorial sure. tribute to him. Yeah. Now the only thing you left off and maybe it's just because you changed your mind. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the first annual. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I put that for the first post and I may have changed that on every other post after that to just list it as um, the ah, official posting okay. of it. it uh, who knows? It'd be kind of fun to do every year. I It would take a lot more. Um, I think that, well, as we get in, I'll explain what would be the harder parts for, for future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, don't, we don't have to dig into that right this moment. So that's the name of the event. Explain what it is and where you got the idea from originally. Well, um, I mean, obviously I get a lot of the original idea from the fact that we seem to be a, uh, we seem to be a group that is very much, tied into the elimination poll um very much loving the elimination poll in the gravity beard thing and i was like okay well this would kind of be kind of fun and especially you know um paul jomo king of the internet had done like three or four in a row and uh it kind of seemed like maybe an opportunity to give him a, a quick break and then i was also like well i always liked 
the movie Cannonball Run. Uh, I like the concept behind it. And I was like, that would actually be kind of fun. And we could use uh, some pop culture references and stuff uh, you know, by the cars that end up being chosen and put in there. And, um, you know, just kind of do this in an elimination-style poll uh, setup and, and make it a, a cross-country race type thing. Now, if I'm right, I, th- I think the Cannonball Run itself, I don't think they ever have to stop. Like, yeah. their point I, is I they know. just keep going the whole time. But but let me let me ask you to pause right there just for a minute mm-hmm. because we are referencing a an, an almost forty year old film. Yes, yes. So so just briefly for in case we've got someone in the audience that does hasn't heard of the ensemble comedy f- film from nineteen eighty one, Cannibal Run, just give them a brief explanation as to what that is. Okay, um, so I, I, the first thing that they show here, just looking at. Um, IMDb. It says uh, it's a plot of a cross-country road race. Um, oh, it's actually based on an actual event. Actually, the Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash, and it is. Uh, oh, it was originally made to protest the 55 mile per hour speed limit uh, in effect at the time. Basically, what this was: uh, a variety of eccentric competitors participated in a wild and illegal cross-country road race. Um, however, eccentric. eccentric errants will do anything to win the road race including low down dirty tricks and this was it had an ensemble cast of of people that were all famous at the time um burt yeah, reynolds at the being time, the was, main one yeah it was it was a huge ensemble cast of of famous names burt reynolds roger moore fair fawcett dom deluise uh dean martin and sam davis jr um adriana barbeau jackie chan well, i don't even remember jackie chan being there jamie farr was huge peter fonda I mean, just the, a huge list of these people. And for the most part, they were all kind of paired up in cars as they were going. And they were trying to get from, you know, one end of the United States to the other as fast as possible. Now, in our right. version, to make it an elimination uh, style uh, poll, I set up 14 stopping points. The main concept was, hey, we're going to get from Miami, uh, where Adam's at, and get all the way to Dallas, where you're at. Right. It seems like a pretty simple, easy drive, unless you let me come up with how to get there, which <laughs> then, you know, I was like, okay, 14, 14 cars. So we need 14 days. We need 14 stops between this and, you know, and, and what would be the most logical way. And I actually had to go through a couple different variations of it. Um, Interesting. There was, okay. There's a few times where, like, it was like, oh, I, well, because I try to set it up with, like, as many, like, cities kind of or near cities where I know we have. Um, GBI. Uh, oh, okay. First. I, don't, I don't think I picked up on that. Well, I originally tried to, and then a couple times I was like, "Oh, that just doesn't make sense to go that route." Um, right. And and then I I was like, you know, "We had I got to add in some other stops and and or skip things like we we didn't stop in New York City. I uh, went straight to to Boston because that DC to Boston was a decent like one day trip. Um, and so I wanted to make it realistic uh, as far as like a a one day drive. I don't think any drive according to like, um, like any like mapping thing was more than like maybe 12 to 13 hours. Yeah. I think Atlanta to DC. That's pretty, that's pretty lengthy. Yeah. Then that might've been one of the like lar- larger ones. So I wanted it to be realistic. And then Albuquerque to Dallas, the last leg, that's, that's quite a haul. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the stretch from San Francisco, uh, we do San Francisco. To oh, then you had to get to Tijuana, yeah, <laughs> just right down the coast, <laughs> right. all the way to Tijuana. I kind, I thought that was kind of fun. 
So, I, yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead. In a nutshell, it's it was a cross country. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was, it was cross country, but it's kind of circuitous. It was kind of a circuitous cross country race where there's 14 teams and everybody's in a. It were we're grouped up in different cars together. Mm-hmm. And so, having said that, how did you decide what cars to use and who to put in each one? Well, I. It's mostly just the time spent in the uh, in in the group and picking up on things that people are kind of either into or things that seem to maybe fit somebody's personality. Obviously, I knew you yeah. love the Blues Brothers. Um, Casey Jones quickly had made comments about his love of the Blues Brothers as well. So I was like, oh, put you two together. Because originally I thought about putting you and, and Adam together. And I was like, oh, Adam is probably going to be good with something, you know, very kind of, you know, metal. So the Deathmobile <laughs> would make sense. Yeah, that's in, that's interesting because right right off right off the bat, you know, we're Adam and I co-host the show together, but you did not put us in the same car. No, and I and I actually I don't know if it really mattered because most people did comment like after like the first few days they couldn't remember who was in any car anyway. So right, all right. Yeah. Well, and I think you asked everybody focus more on the car rather than the people in the car. Yeah, I almost didn't assign anybody to cars, but I was like, well, that'd be weird. Nobody's driving these cars. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's going to seem a little bit odd and. Uh, but I also kind of had a little bit of fun um, with it. So, like, uh, you know, our, you know, the two main science guys, uh, Corey and Vlado, I was like, oh, the, the Ecto-1 makes sense. You know, we put him in there. Um, you know, Christopher Birkenbein seems like he probably should have been in there instead of over in the Mystery Machine, where I just had three Chris's at, uh, at one point in time. I think I had them. Didn't Were all three of them in there? Well, no, actually, you had... Um no, no, you had you had Chris Birkenbein in with shampoo and Jerry Orn in the Crystal Ship. Okay, it gets confusing after a while because <laughs> because the, the other thing I did was I was like, okay, well, certain cars like you're not going to put more than two people in certain cars. Uh, the bigger ones, I was like, I got I want to put as many interns as possible that would be involved in this. Sure, um, and just you know fill in as many people. So obviously the Crystal Ship got some extra. The Flammy Truckster got a whole bunch of extra people in there. Um, that was actually an all-female team. The family truckster was was made up of Sarah Stapleton, Carrie McGinnis, Vanessa York, and Leslie Morgan, which that's a formidable team. They, they lasted a long time. Yeah, we had uh, four all-female teams. So the Aston Martin had um, Tiff, Tiff and... Yeah. Laura Thompson. Yeah, uh, they were both in there. Um, and then uh, you had all the ladies in the family truckster. And then um, obviously, you know, the Ford Thunderbird from... Uh, Thumb and Louise, that's got to be an all-female team that we're putting in there. Um, yeah. So we put the two girls on the beach in there. And then... Uh, or bench. They were they're, they're all, they also sit on a Jesus. bench. Jesus. Okay, so we had to put two girls on a bench on there. Very weird that I screwed that up. They're just on the show, and I, I should not be messing that up. Um, <laughs> well, they are from California, to be fair. So the bench could be on a beach, to be quite honest, right? There's no question. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not 100% wrong. No. Uh, and then... Um, you know, the 1961 Ferrari that we put in there from Ferris Bueller, it it's in there. And, and then I put uh, Bonnie Chomo and I put uh, Brisky Cawthon in there. And that was like, I, I was trying to find a car to put the last few people in uh, and, and get them in there. So did, did you go out to the internet to try to find famous TV and movie cars? Or did you come up with all of them just out of your head? Uh, 90% of them just off top of my head. But then wow. I had to go back out and look up some other stuff because I eliminated... Um, I eliminated Kit. Uh, now, why, yeah, that, that was an interesting del- omission. Why, why did you not include Kit? It's a robot car. <laughs> okay, sure. The Got DeLorean's it. a time machine. 
Uh, Christine is possessed by a demon. Okay. Um, the 66 Batmobile, I just, I really like, so I could not use that one. Right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, I, um, I guess you couldn't use you couldn't use the DeLorean because every time they hit eighty eight miles an hour, they would they'd be transported through time. Or they could just set the thing and actually get to the end and just be waiting for everybody. I guess was my <laughs> right. thought. Yeah, yeah, that too. Okay. Well, I, you know, regarding the car assignments, I just want to say you you did a really really good job. First of all, you included first of all the, the the omissions. Now that we've talked about it, you the ones you omitted, you did for a good reason. But the ones you included, it, that's a great group of cars. I mean, everybody knows exactly what all of those are. You know, the, the, they're all very popular from pop culture. And I, I think you're the way you teamed up people and, and put everybody in the cars. I, th- I think you did a great job. Oh, well, thank you. And, and that's just, I mean, that's just from a lot of time spent uh, in the group. Um, like I mentioned, you know, Christopher Berkemine, he ended up in the, the crystal ship, but like it, had I done this a month later, he would have been in the Ecto one. Well, but you didn't know enough about him cause he had just joined the group right exactly. before we kicked it off. So you just didn't have enough information. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, okay, so those are the car assignments, which I think were terrific. So, like we said, there was 14 legs. Why don't you tell us where, where it all started and then give us some of the highlights from the race? Okay, so we started on the day after the Super Bowl on 2-4 yep. uh, down in Miami Beach. Yeah, so, so uh, you, you, you made the announcement of the car assignments on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, yeah, I thought that would be fun. Yeah, great idea. And I ended up just throwing them all out there like at one time, but I I, I did give you know because I I then figured out how long my day was going to be, but I had given some consideration to like, okay, every thirty minutes I'm going to announce a new car throughout the day, <laughs> but then I was like, oh, this is I can't I got too much stuff going on for the day I can't. You, do that. you didn't want that to occupy seven hours of your Super Bowl Sunday. No, no. So then after a while, I was like, oh, I really do have to post all these right now. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody can blame yeah. me for that. <clears throat> Um, so, I mean, the, the list of destinations, uh, so we started on two, four and we wrapped up on, on two seventeen, and again, going from Miami to Dallas, uh, Miami, and then it went to Atlanta, DC over to Boston to Detroit through Canada, Kansas city, Denver, which I picked that, I think before I listened to the Illuminati episode where the Denver airport is, uh, <laughs> brought up, uh, quite a bit. Right, which we're going to dig into in a in a future episode related to the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salt Lake City, then up to Seattle, then down the coast to San Francisco, then into Tijuana, back over to Vegas because I don't think any road trip like this um, is all that good without going to Vegas. And then obviously, um, you know, you got to get to Albuquerque because you have to make sure you make a correct turn in Albuquerque to get anywhere. That's right. Uh, Bugs Bunny has taught us that, and then you move on to uh, to Dallas. I will say the the way these elimination polls work is just weird to me. I mean, the, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, especially with this one. I mean, the soups and stuff like that. It made sense. You knew immediately things that were going to get knocked off each day, right? I had no idea on some of these would be like, you know, we mentioned you know Adam and then Bob Haynes. They were in the Death Mobile. Yeah, they were gone day one, and I was like, okay, I guess maybe the Animal House cars. Maybe that's the most obscure car on the list. Maybe. I mean, you know, listen, now that we're talking about it, I don't really have, like you're saying, in my own mind, I don't have an explanation as to why who who got eliminated when. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Adam, like you said, Adam is from Miami. That's where we kicked off the event. And I believe Bob Haynes is from the Orlando area. 
both Florida guys, they they didn't even they barely made it out of Florida. <laughs> they they were eliminated yeah. first before we got to Atlanta. Yeah, but but I I don't I can't I can't figure out why the Deathmobile went first or why why any of these cars went when they did. I I don't. I mean, Paul and Luke in the Wienermobile got eliminated much earlier than I ever would have expected. Oh yeah, for sure. I I would I would have thought that would have that would have lasted a long time. You know they they were bounced out uh, in the second stop of DC. Right. Um. You know, uh, Jim Weir and uh, Jeff Morrow. Je- Jeff Morrow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh. They they took a, a a poor turn there in Boston. Yep. Uh. I couldn't really ever. T- I I think uh, Kelsey and, and Tori appreciated me putting them in the mut- mutton cuts uh, truck. <laughs> Uh, that seems like a, a fun, especially after some of their calls that they've made in. That, oh, that yeah. seemed like a, a, a perfect vehicle for them. And, uh, you know, them getting stuck at the border um, with, with lots of bacon and poutine. Um, seemed, <laughs> <laughs> that seemed like a, a way that they got eliminated. They never made it across the border. They just got well, stuck there. And again, let me interrupt you if you don't mind right there. The other mm-hmm. thing that I, I really want to give you kudos for is that you did a, just a fantastic job with the narrative each time. Because, uh, first of all, you, you, it was it was very funny and entertaining. But also, you had a new kind of kind of mystery guest that appeared at each stop. I well, originally I thought about having Frank and Lois be at each stop. Okay, and then I was like, well, that's not going to be any fun. And then I was like, okay, well, so who are famous people as I go along the way, um, or or how can I tie in you know different little things about the cars. Uh, as we go along the way, um, so that was really kind of like my main thing. I, I looked up like people who were you know born in said cities. Interesting, uh, okay. know, famous people. It's the second half. I really was running into trouble of like, oh, who who's gonna you know, who's gonna be on this, and and what what would exactly they say? <laughs> and I did do. I did take a lot of um, e- either for the cars getting eliminated or for the people talking. I did go online and find like quotes. Yeah, from right. like famous quotes from them, uh, you know, whether it be from uh, oh, Neil Patrick Harris, who's from Albuquerque, so he was on there, and uh, his whole you know legendary line from uh, "How I Met Your Mother." So I, I I was able to slip that in, but you know, just kind of paraphrase a bit of it so it would seem to match up. Um, I think the first one I did that was with Mrs. Doubtfire showing up, and and she runs off a whole bunch of things, and I made it work into like explaining the race and the competition somehow <laughs> yeah no every, each one of them was was even better than the one before I, I i want everyone listening to this and certainly the people that that kept up with it day to day uh but but i want them to everybody to kind of appreciate as we're talking through this just how much detail and how much work that you put into it because you could have just done a daily elimination poll and kept it really simple but you went to this extra effort and it made it just that much more fun. I, I really think that the effort and the detail you put into it really paid off because I think people enjoyed it that much more because of it. Well, I mean, for me, this was a, it, one of the things that the, the GBI always works out for for me anyway is the creative outlet. And this was definitely a way for me to like you know do something goofy and and play around uh, with with all types of different things, um, and and try and come up with you know the oddest ways that you know, I could possibly have somebody get eliminated and, and stuff. <laughs> right. um, so like uh, day six, uh, when the Aston Martin gets eliminated, you know, I have uh, the guys in the crystal ship uh, shooting a hot dog cannon. 
at them <laughs> and, and taking them out with that. Right. And then I was like, oh, well, who lives in Kansas City? What would be good? I'm like, oh, Branson's not far from there. So Yakov Smirnoff shows up and, and, and gave his whole that's thing. A, that's a ridiculous kind of kind of dated reference it was but but hilarious it's hilarious because it's so dated like, like the only he, place he you're has gonna a find... residency in branson <laughs> well i know he does but but today the only place you're gonna find yakov spirnoff who was probably popular in for like a year or two like in the mid 80s or something the only place you're gonna find him today is in a cheesy place like branson missouri or in the gbi where... <laughs> which makes him perfect for to show up in the middle of the gbi run it was perfect yeah. um i think it was in, i think it was in uh denver when they got to the Denver airport, the first person to walk out and talk to everybody was Jack Klugman. And he just walks out and goes, hello, this is your daily Jack Klugman. And then walks back in to the <laughs> right. airplane. Right. So I fit it, our own little personal like memes going on there. Mm-hmm, our lore, a little bit of lore. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones I was, um, that, that I kind of thought out ahead of time was the 66 Batmobile. And so like when they, you know, when they, they pull up and, uh, Batman is actually talking to them. It, it like, or you know, Batman's talking through the thing, and it is. Uh, I basically did the meme of Batman smacking Robin. Uh huh. Because Robin goes, "Holy smoking the bandit, Batman!" And this is Batman <laughs> slaps Robin. It's the cannonball run, old chum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I found like I was looking up a thing, and they said like, "Here's some of the oddest lines from." the 66 Batman series. And there's a thing where Robin goes, you can't get away from Batman that easy. And Batman goes easily, easily. Good grammar is essential, Robin. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So you didn't and, make that up. That's actual dialogue. <laughs> yes. That part up to the part where then like, we're taking you back on autopilot to, to Gotham. I, I went and found that and then figure out a way to work it into like actually discussing things. God, that is incredible. I, I thought that was, I I didn't I don't even remember that line, but I was like, that is just too stupid not to use. <laughs> I absolutely agree. And I also use it as an opportunity to um make corrections. Uh so I noticed like two days in that um uh, Colonel Mustard himself, Clay Groves, uh was not involved in the race and I felt bad about it. And so I just waited for the mystery machine to get eliminated and had uh you know, the Scooby gang, you know, pull off a mask off of, uh, I do believe it was Chris Osborne. And when he pulls it off, it turns out to be Clay Groves and he had <laughs> stolen the car himself. That's genius. I never did ad- address what happened to Chris Osborne then where he might be <laughs> during this whole thing. But it, th- I, I felt bad for not having him in there. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, every good project has, you know, some sort of some some oversight or continuity era, you know, where you just like, what happened to that guy? It just yeah. happens. And, and and I was like, but that's like the one that I was like, oh, I know exactly when this happens. I'm just going to have, we'll take off the mask and we'll find out that that's who it is. Yeah. And then I just had to sit back and wait. <laughs> <laughs> until it got, until the uh, mystery machine got eliminated. Yeah. In Seattle, um, by the way. Yes. And then Fraser Crane came out and talked to everybody. Right. Right. Uh, and again, yeah. that one was me grabbing dialogue like Fraser Crane, Fraser Crane quotes, and then working them into what would make sense about uh, running this race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
the the detail i the detail was not lost on me and I, and I don't think it was lost on anyone else that was following the race it it really made it fun uh, are there any uh, other highlights here's a well here's one interesting thing i don't know if it's a highlight or not um i did not vote once during this entire thing yeah i think i remember you saying you were only going to vote in the case of a tie yeah cuz i was like well i've planned out 14 stops i can't have like two cars get eliminated ever right um and each one of them ended up being like a uh, it, it was like a nail biter right down to the last minute of the last two cars <laughs> yeah. getting eliminated. Um, in, in that included the, uh, the final, the final race, uh, you know, and, and coming into Dallas and getting to the GBI headquarters. Okay. So, so that's, that's a good transition. Let's talk about the exciting conclusion and then let's reveal the ultimate winner of the, of the entire thing. So, I was very disappointed. I, I thought the Bluesmobile, because it wasn't getting a lot of attention most of the race, which is good news in an elimination poll. That's how it works. You don't want any any heat on you. And mm-hmm. and we lasted, uh, Casey and I, all the way to Vegas. I think, there were, yeah, uh, we were two stops short of, of was it, yeah, two, or, yeah, we were two stops short. So we got eliminated in Vegas, and then there was Albuquerque, and then the final stop in Dallas. And I really thought I was going to make it. I thought I'd at least be in the final two, you know, going head to head. But I, but we didn't. Instead, it came down to two 1966 automobiles. One, the Batmobile, which had uh, no Brett. the. Um, oh no, you're the, right. Uh, no, no, no yeah. you're, you're wrong. Sorry, I misspoke. The uh, Batmobile bill got uh, eliminated just before that. It came down to uh, two all-girls teams, the um, Ford Thunderbird from Thelma and Louise, which was occupied by uh, Trisha and Shauna from Two Girls on a Bench, and then the 61 Ferrari, which is a fantastic automobile from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which had um, Bonnie Bonnie Chomo and Brisky Cawthon in it from Turn of Phrases. So tell us how the whole thing concluded. Well, I, I thought it concluded in perfect uh, GBI fashion. Uh, you know, first of all, I, 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 anytime a car got eliminated, I wanted to tie in something that would be memorable to that car. Um, and so, you know, I just had, you know, the two cars pulled up to, a. they pulled up to like a, a cliff and, and, you know, Bonnie and Brisky start talking about, let's just go over the edge. All four of us, you know, we don't need to win this race. This is not a big thing. This is a man's race. We don't need to worry about them. And, uh, and even tied it into like, you know, as, is in my dialogue, the the two girls on bench were kind of like, no, "What are you talking about? We're, we've beaten everybody. Let's just finish this." And uh, and having the other car chime back, I think Brisky, I have her chiming back with something about, "Well, this is the most pro- way, the best way to procrastinate," which is a very, you know, two girls on a bench thing. And so they all go to like drive off the cliff, and the two of them go, and the other two just sit back, and they're like, "Yep, told you that would work." <laughs> And then they just cruise on in. So I've got, you know, you get Thelma and Louise's car going over a cliff the way it should. Right. It's the only way that car can go out. But then the better part is they drive down in and there's no fanfare. There's no nothing. There's just a note from Frank and Lois saying, you know, like, this shouldn't have taken you more than three days. Where is everybody? <laughs> uh, we, we, we gave you, we sent you to Atlanta as a joke. You probably should have figured that out by then. To make it know that like Frank and Lois had no clue that like there was all these other people who showed up to like intro. So part of it is either did Frank and Lois not know, or did uh, did all these other people just mysteriously appear to like send people off at a road race? <laughs> you know, whichever way you want to take that. That's you know, sure. Either way, but sure. they leave a note. They're like, you know, we we have card night with 
uh, Russian bear and Russian bunny. We have to get back. Um, next time you're in Florida, pick up the, the trophy. We didn't want to leave it out here in, in, outside in front of the, the offices. Somebody could steal it. So it, it's a perfect GBI fashion. It's a big whole race um, to get this golden shovel trophy at the end. And it's just a note. Nothing big. Just it's a, uh, a, a serious race about the dumbest thing possible. <laughs> yeah, it really was. The, the ending was as good as the race itself. Yeah, because and and that at first, that came to me like at, at the last minute. I was like, okay, so Frank and Lois are going to be sitting there being like, "Where have you guys been?" And I was like, "Oh no, what if like nobody's there?" Because to get from Miami to Dallas, like even going to Atlanta is out of the way. You should right. have kind of cut up and around and got there in like two days tops. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, so I thought that was a good way to end the whole thing, and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Everyone seemed to be enjoying it each day. Um, you know, there's a some people that you know they they just quickly vote, and there's other people who vote and make a lot of comments and a lot of fanfare. And I appreciate anybody who you know did either thing uh, throughout the entire thing. It made it uh, all worthwhile. Well, I mean, there was a lot of comments every time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think the only reason anybody wouldn't have uh, commented or voted or whatever is just because just the way Facebook works. Sometimes you miss stuff, but, but no, I think everybody enjoyed it thoroughly, and, and I really appreciate you putting it on. Yeah, and uh, I hope Paul's well rested. He can take over the elimination uh, <laughs> poll thing. Well, this has easily been one of the favorite things that we've done in the group, and and that's saying a lot, as you know, because we've done some really fun stuff, you know, in the yeah. several months since we started. So, but th- this this might be my favorite. Yeah, and I, I told you that I think right before it started. But uh, but thank you so much. Like I said, the the effort and the detail and everything uh, that you put into it is more than evident. And I think everybody really enjoyed it because of that. So, uh, yeah, just one more time. Thanks. Thanks a ton for putting this on for us. Well, I appreciate having the, uh, the creative outlet to, to toss some stuff around. Sure. Well, I, I don't, I would expect that this won't be the last thing. Uh, and heck, you know, if you're up for it, we'll do it again next year, but we'll just have to see when we get there. But, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the event before we wrap it up? Uh, go watch cannonball run. If you've never seen it before. Yeah, that would be the best. Oh, and that's so that's the only thing I could not figure out how to do. Uh, was was conclude the race and have um, like blooper reel stuff going on, like like over the credits. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. I remember the Cannonball Run. I really mm-hmm. wish there was some way to actually do that, <laughs> <laughs> like while wrapping up the whole thing. Yeah, that, and that was a very popular way of of wrapping up a film back in that at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not enough people do that anymore. No, I agree. But thanks everyone for for playing along. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Well. Besides in the GBI, where else can can we find you and your show? Pop of Filmcast. Uh, we are a half movie, half improv type of show. You can find us on pretty much any of the basic places you can find podcasts online uh, at uh, Pop of Filmcast on Twitter. Uh, we just had uh, Trisha from Two Girls on the Bench on our show, and it's a very lovely episode. And I encourage you to uh, check that out. Yeah, and uh, let me just tease this. Our next big event is right around the corner. Fellow intern Bob Haynes of the Cretans Guild has volunteered to put on a March Madness tournament to help us determine the official comedy film of the Gravity Beard interns. So in typical fashion, we can't just you know have a quick discussion thread and just ask everybody what their favorite film is. It has to blow up into a giant event, which it is. And since it is March and keeping in theme with what's going on right now, uh, Bob is... 
volunteered to put on a, a March Madness tournament. So everything kicks off in about two weeks. If you want to get in on the fun, come join uh, the Facebook group. It's called the Gravity Beard Interns. Then search GBIMMT for Gravity Beard Interns March Madness Tournament. Come for the tournament. Stay for the rest of the absurdity. You won't be disappointed. We have a hotline for the show. That number is 32,146, 52,180. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. Adam and I will be back in a couple of days conducting our next staff meeting. Please join us for that. For my buddy Keith of the Pop-Up Filmcast, I'm your host, Toph. And you're listening to Gravity Beard. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. Bye, Mom. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.